Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. If someone speaks French fluently, you might assume that they're French or German. You might assume that they're German. We, the way we speak, reveal who we are. We reveal something about ourselves. If you look at the culture today, we are quickly moving to a profane, coarse culture. The way we speak says so much about us. It can reveal our country of origin, our regional preferences, and even sometimes our family's history. But what Pastor Ed reveals to us in today's message is that it also gives away what is deep in our heart. Our use of certain profanities, even when it's only occasionally, or only when we're truly upset, is actually an indication of what we really believe. Culturally acceptable or not, God has called us to a higher standard, and that includes what we say. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 7, with part one of his message entitled, The Third Commandment. Verse number 7, The Third Commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The King James New American Standard says, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. The NIV says, don't misuse it. And I think that accurately translates what the original Hebrew is conveying, don't misuse, don't use God's name in an empty, vain way. Paul Dickinson wrote a book about names. He was fascinated about different people's names. And in his book, he said there are some names that are prophetic. For example, in 1941, there were two men electrocuted in the electric chair in the state of Florida, and their names were Wilburn and then Frizzle. <laughs> there was a man in Montreal who was a window washer, and he fell from washing one of his windows, and his name was Will Drop. <laughs> uh, there was another uh, person who is, it, it's sort of prophetic of sometimes the jobs that people will take. Uh, there was one man whose name was Joe Bunt. He became a baseball coach. And Dan Dandruff. He became, well, a barber. <laughs> uh, then there was two men by the name of, one by Goforth and the other by the name of Catchem. And they both became police officers and they became partners. My favorite one was a plaster contractor. His name was Will Crumble. I don't think I would have hired him. Why is God so concerned about his name? His name represents his character, his authority, his person, who he is. Now, a name will trigger off in our mind all sorts of thoughts. Let me ask you, what does the name Hitler bring to mind. How about Martin Luther King Jr.? Benedict Arnold and George Washington. Saddam Hussein. Mother Teresa. Beethoven, you just think of music when you think of his name. 
How many people would name their children Judas or Jezebel? Now, names speak of character, personality. And God is saying, I've revealed myself to you, and I want you to honor me. When you meet someone, and you want to get to know them, you say, my name is, what's your name? You identify yourself. Well, when God met his people, he revealed himself as Yahweh, as the great I Am. And through the epics of biblical history, God would reveal himself with new names and sometimes an old name and it had a new context and it would have a greater revelation of who he was. And so God, in this commandment, the third commandment, asks us to honor, to respect, to treat his name with reverence. I've chosen three ways that we violate or can keep this commandment. Three ways that we could fulfill the third commandment. First, our words. Then secondly, our works. And thirdly, our worship. Our words, our works, and our worship. That commandment is either fulfilled or broken by how we engage any of those ways. First, our words. In Exodus 27, it says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. If someone speaks French fluently, you might assume that they're French. Or German, you might assume that they're German. We, the way we speak, reveal who we are. We reveal something about ourselves. If you look at the culture today, we are quickly moving to a profane, coarse culture that neglects God and abuses his name. In common speech, you can see it happen. In conversational speech, you can see it happening all over our culture. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Every careless word they have spoken. Wow! Words have consequences. And especially when we use God's name. Sometimes in a moment of anger, somebody uses God's name. In a moment of frustration, they take his name on their lips. Or in a moment of surprise, oh God, they may say. If you go to the video store, movie store, you'll see DVDs and uh, various movies. And so many of those movies have profanity in them. And some movies are just rated R because of the profanity in it. Whether it's PG or R or uh, PG-13, whatever, you'll notice that oftentimes they can't go on in a conversation without taking God's name in vain. Have you ever met someone and it's every other word is a profanity or every other word is taking God's name and 
some of them, I think, think that God's last name begins with a D. God watches, he hears, he listens. And he tells us we're not to take his name in vain. Christians are to go counterculture. It should bother us when people take the name of God in vain. Wouldn't it bother you if someone would use expletives every time they mentioned your spouse's name or your children's name or your parents' name? You'd be offended. If it doesn't bother us when people use God's name, our love has grown cold. We've become indifferent. We're calloused. Because when you love him, it grieves you and vexes you. If people misuse the name of God, it's making a statement about our culture. It's making a statement about our society. It's a prodigal culture running far from God and running faster and faster and faster away. The quote that I have says, when people use God's name in swearing, it's a symptom of their unbelief. It expresses they have turned their backs on God. It's an indication that they don't really know the Lord. It's a revelation of what's inside. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 34, and then in chapter 15, verse 18, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. A person, as they begin to talk and speak and use God's name in a flippant way, in a vain and empty way, they are impacting themselves. They are spiritually destroying themselves. Howard Stern, years ago in the late 90s, when he was in contract with CBS uh, to go on TV, said this. He said, TV is ready for someone like me. Standards have come to an all-time low, and I'm here to represent the change. Well, I guess he was. It's changed dramatically. What's on television, what's on radio, what's on cable, a flood of ungodliness is just sweeping over the land. And God's called us to swim upstream and not to go with the flow of culture. He's called us to be different. What happens as we begin to devalue God, we will devalue men. As we begin to exclude God, it will impact our relationship with one another. The commandments begin with God because our relationship is based on God. And if we have a right relationship with God, it impacts our relationship with one another. It's so intricately tied together. In Leviticus, God speaks to the people of Israel and says this, Say to the Israelites, if anyone curses his God, he will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. You can see how God feels about those who take his name in vain. Now, that's especially in reference to somebody who not just 
casually, even though that's wrong and a person will be judged for that, but someone who has a vindictive attitude towards God. They want to discredit him. They want to dishonor him. They want to just ridicule him. The idea is that we need to reverence God in a society that doesn't reverence God and we need to guide and guard our speech even though our culture has become profane. Our culture has bought into the idea that God is insignificant. I think about many people are uninformed and that's, the way they, and that's why they speak the way they do. Filled with profanity, filled with, in a sense, ridiculing God and using God's name in a wrong way. It's like making a statement. Sometimes a young person, the first time maybe they take a cigarette, they want to say, I'm standing out, I'm making a statement, I'm doing something different. And so foolishly they want to make a statement, we're standing out, we're doing something different. No, no, no. God takes that very seriously. We have to inform Now, that doesn't mean we go and correct everybody, but we need to be careful in our speech and how we live and walk and how we speak. The uncontrolled, some don't know how to control their anger. They just burst out with all sorts of profanity and using God's name in vain. In Ephesians 5, 4, it says this. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, Let there be thankfulness to God. Some people are just simply unholy. Simply unholy. They have a carnal nature and they misuse and abuse God's name. Then there are those who are unsaved. Maybe they wear a symbol of a cross. And you wonder, well, maybe they're a Christian. They know what that cross means. But then their speech betrays them. Listen to what Psalm 109, 17 to 18 says. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessings. Let it be far from him. They clothe themselves with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. What is happening in our culture is we are becoming a profane society. And God is sort of moving out. As a young boy, if I said the wrong thing or used the wrong words, I remember a number of times having my mouth washed out with soap. Maybe some of you remember that too. <laughs> I think our souls need to be washed out with spiritual soap. That our lips need to be purged, even like Isaiah chapter 6 describes, where the prophet had the hot coal placed on his lips. We need to have pure thoughts and clean words and clean hearts. Now, this text refers also to oath-taking. In our general conversation, we need to be honest, James says. We need to, our yes needs to be yes, Jesus said. Our, our no needs to be no. Uh, but there are places in our society for oaths. In Zechariah 5.4, it says this, And this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. I'm sending this curse into the house of every thief and into the house of everyone who swears falsely using my name. My curse will remain in that house and completely destroy it, even its timbers and stones. 
In Leviticus 19.12, it says, Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. What are we going to do in a society that believe in God and is no longer trusting and believing in God? Our judicial system is built on the commandments of God. And so we go into a court and we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. We have oaths when people take office. But if there is no God, if they don't believe in a day of accountability, if the fear of God is not in a culture, those oaths will mean nothing. They will simply lie and deceive and be deceived. Our culture is quickly moving further and further from its divine foundations. And as we do that, there will be more and more trouble and chaos. And more and more will become a nation of liars. In Jeremiah 5, 2, it says this, But even when they are under oath saying, As surely as the Lord lives, they are still telling lies. Our words, if we're going to honor God's name, we want to honor it in our conversation, how we mention his name, what we say about him. If we're going to honor his name, we're going to be honest. But also our works. Not only our words, but our works. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Our lifestyle demonstrates if we know Christ or if we don't know Christ. There should be a continual reverence for God. We should reverence God's name continually. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whether you do whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When we give glory to God, we're recognizing his greatness. Glory means weight being heavy. See, God's a heavyweight. But when you misuse his name and you don't live worthy of that name, you're making him out to be a lightweight. You're taking and misusing his name. And we can do that by our lifestyle. Remember growing up, sometimes your parents would say to you, remember who you are. Don't act like that. Remember your name. Well, we received our name at a city called Antioch. We were first called Christians there. We are to be like Christ in everything we do, in everything we say, in our attitudes, in our actions, in how we live out our lives. Sometimes I think the world looks at us and they say, we can't hear what you're saying. Because your actions are speaking way too loud. Do our actions contradict our testimony of faith? Do our actions contradict what we profess we believe? God calls us to be Christ-like in all of life. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, When you pray, you pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. Be thy name. 
Lord, help me to reverence that name that's above every name. Help me to treat it with respect. Help me not to be disrespectful in the way I live. We must represent that name honorably. Represent God's name honorably. In 1 Samuel 2.30, it reads, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that your family and the family of your ancestors should go in and out before me forever. But now, declares the Lord, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be treated with contempt. Eli, the high priest, had preferred his sons above God. They were living in sin, and all of Israel was turning away from God. And Eli refused to discipline his sons. And because of that, faith in Israel waned. And God sent a prophet to rebuke Eli. And God said, those that honor me, I will honor. But those that treat me lightly, who don't recognize my name and misuse it, I will judge. Remember David? when he sinned with Bathsheba and then killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the priest? Remember the text of Scripture? In 2 Samuel 2.14 it says this, But because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord to show utter contempt. What happened was he brought contempt on the name of God, dishonor on the name of God because of his sin. In the late 80s, I could still remember driving back from Florida, hearing about the fall of Jim Baker, and then hearing about what happened with Jimmy Swaggart, and then hearing about what happened with Marvin Gorman, and it hit the newspapers, and the late-night television shows, the late-night stand-up comedies, they just mocked Christianity, and God's name was dishonored. See, God wants us to honor his name and to never allow it to be disrespected. To treat his name with reverence by the way we live our lives. We should be good PR for God. Paul the Apostle said in 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. God calls us not to be carnal, not to be worldly, not to disrespect his name by the way we live, by the way we act, by the way we speak. Everything should bring him honor and glory. Our works should glorify God. I want to read to you the words from the Heidelberg Catechism. We must use God's holy name with respect and reverence to the end that he may be rightly confessed and worshipped by us and be glorified in all our words and works. There's the outline for my sermon. Our words, our works, our worship. All of that must bring glory to God must not discredit his name. He said, the first commandment is don't worship any other God. 
The second commandment, this is how you are to worship the one true God. Don't make up a God with your own heart or mind or hands. Worship Yahweh in the way He's prescribed. The third commandment is, watch how you speak about His name. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Ten Commandments. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Ten Commandments right here on Voice of Faith.